Welcome to the We Are Invincible podcast, a project of Wakagape. We are conversation starters, question askers, and prayerful ponderers. Join us as we invite others to the table to meet and celebrate all of the indispensable people that love Jesus. We believe that as followers of Christ, we are invincible when we are united as one. To learn more about other projects from Wakagape, visit www.wakagape.org. Hello and welcome to this episode of We Are Invincible podcast. I'm Jessica Bates and this is episode 11. I have with me at the table today, um, Carrie Fitzgerald, my fellow team member. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. We are entering the final stretch of the Wakagape paradigm and it, as I was preparing for this podcast, I just got so excited and renewed in my passion that this is, this is the, so that episode, Mm -hmm. this is where we start talking about what the, what's the point of all of this? Like what, what comes out of all of this? Why this inside out? Exactly. Now what, where do we go from here? We have talked about a couple of different times, this passage out of John 15, and there's a couple different space. If I remember right, there's John 15 and there's also a section in John 17, but this idea that by this, all of this, right, which came before, I and me and me and them dwelling in unity, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And as we were praying about this and talking about it this morning, the Lord gave you something so cool, Carrie. Can you, can you talk about that picture you got? Well, sure. So I was just kind of reviewing um, what we have put up on our website about um, proclaiming everywhere and what that is to look like. And basically the end result is that it said on the website that no longer a stumbling block or like rocky cliffs right? Mm. Instead, we're the brilliant light of refuge, which to me, God just gave me this picture of a lighthouse. And so like immediately after I'm like looking at this lighthouse and I'm talking to Jesus, he's like, here's the deal. Lighthouses don't discriminate and they don't decide who they shine for. They just shine. Mm. And it's like, it's not that complicated. It's not our responsibility to decide who hears who gets lit up. It's just our responsibility to reflect his glory. It's just our responsibility to live out loud who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and he takes care of the rest. Um, sometimes he will put people in front of us to be intentional with, but in this proclaiming everywhere idea, this is much more broad and much more general and much more free than mm. I ever thought it was. Mm-hmm. It'll be really interesting to me to see how or if this shifts for the better or for the worse as we come out of this time of Corona quarantine, churches are closing, a vast majority of churches have started to broadcast online. And so mm-hmm. that is good, right? There's a lot of really good things out of that. 
but there's also an opportunity for us to get like hooked up on how many likes and how many shares and how many, the numbers, right? The performance driven numbers that the world is so fond of. Mm -hmm. And we, it's so easy for us to get wrapped into. And I don't think that's how it's supposed to be as a follower of Jesus. Like, right. God's keeping track, not me. I sometimes really want to know, okay, God, you knew that the internet would be a thing, but you wrote the Bible when the internet was not a thing. Mm. So how do we navigate carrying out what your word tells us in a time that looks very different? Yes. Like, I wish there could be a revised version, like a (laughs) (laughs) 2.0 that just just gave us a little bit more of a clear idea. I think just because the internet is so distracting, Mm -hmm. it's so loud. And we talk all the time about how the world is so loud that it's really difficult to slow down and hear the still small voice. Mm -hmm. And um, so I know the internet isn't isn't an accident. I know that God knew it was coming. I trust that. It's just difficult sometimes, especially, you know, ministering to youth Mm -hmm. who only know the internet era and trying to, to rein them in and be like, you know, have a relationship with God, not just a relationship with everyone. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And, and so as context, Carrie and I, um, volunteered to have this conversation because in part her and I both are actively involved in youth ministry, youth engagement, however you Mm -hmm. want to call it. And so we have a different perspective than perhaps others might bring to the table, the virtual table. I did hear you, Sam. Um, My (laughs) husband's been all like, no one's at the table. It's very funny. It's very cute. Um, So we have a slightly different take because we are, and and I cannot say this three years ago, four years ago, I have watched myself sort of watch the shift in myself from a time when I was loving and living and supporting primarily members of my church, people who were actively engaged in my local congregational expression of church. And I I really wasn't outside that very much. Um, Mm -hmm. And and now that I've started working in Young Life and letting, inviting, letting these, these kids invite me into their life for some weird reason, they let me in and I'm inviting them into my life. And most of them what do we say? Like, they're not even sure how to spell Jesus, let alone know yeah. who he is or in any of his stories, like the time where America, you grew up knowing the Bible and the church, like all of those things, like we're not in that space anymore. Right. And so it's just a very different, suddenly I'm watching myself. I have to shift everything mm-hmm. because the Christian words, the Christian mm-hmm. ease that I have used means nothing to these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's a stumbling block. Um, and they don't care what you think, you know, until <laughs> they know what, that you care. Like it, it's, yes. I, I used to laugh at that cliche and yet it's so true. It's like so incredibly true and almost painfully true. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. I don't know about, I mean, I think young life is pretty much 
a similar setup is of my kids, I have about 25 kids that come to my youth group and maybe nine of them come to church and probably five of them because they're the PKs come every week. Mm-hmm. And of those five, we probably have two that actually are engaging their relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very different experience because I was much like you too, where I, I've been in, involved in church for a number of years, but I mostly um, did life within those walls, within the people who came to that building. Mm-hmm. And um, toward the end, when we lived in Redmond, Oregon for a while, uh, toward the end, we got involved in a small group. And so it kind of expanded a little bit, you know, going mm-hmm. to people's homes. But then when we moved to Pilot Rock, to this teeny tiny town, um, first of all, there's less people to do life with. Yes. Um, but like, I started, I started doing that again. I was really confined to the walls of the building. And then God put me in youth ministry. And I'm like, what building? Like, buildings are annoying. They're in the way. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you, they don't come to you. You go to them. Yes. Otherwise, there is no ministry. Otherwise, there is no taking your faith to people. Like mm-hmm. teenagers don't come to you. Yes. You have to go to them. Mm-hmm. And that has taught me so much just about living my faith, whether it is, is young people, teenagers that you are seeking to engage or old people. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. age you're dealing with. Because the other thing that comes to mind with your, with the picture that God gave you is that the lighthouse indeed is stationary. Sure. And so to say that there isn't a benefit to having a stationary location where you can come and you know that there is refuge there wouldn't be fair either. Like I don't want to paint. I do agree with you. Yeah, I don't want to paint that. I agree with you. However, I think all of us in Wakagape have been learning so much about how the church isn't a building. The church is us. Mm -hmm. And honestly, (laughs) I have had better, deeper, more like authentic conversations with students who come to my door and sit on my front porch. Mm. They come not that I'm anything special, but God has put me in a position. They come to me. They don't come to the church. Like I said, most of my students don't go to church. They come to youth group, but they don't go to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. They, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if it's an intimidation thing. I don't know if it's a perceived, this isn't for me thing, but they like, if I'm looking at myself as a lighthouse, I'm looking at you as a lighthouse, I find myself more effective in my home than I feel like I am in the walls of the building of my church. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just an area of growth that I'm in. It could be. It also could be because we're under massive renovation and we don't currently have our youth space we had before. And so God is doing this like you know, messing there's a up. shift. Yeah. Yes, there's a shift there's happening. This, this shifting happening. And so that's just, that's just a cycle of growth too. And so I hope that anyone that's listening to this, that might be feeling restlessness, that that could just be God shaking things up. It doesn't mean that you're going to abandon what you did before that the church is no longer relevant. Far be it from the truth. That yeah. is not the truth. 
Yeah. It's just, it's like a yes. And like the church building is just a building. And, but we are the church. We are the temple of God. Like that. It, God tells us that. Mm-hmm. It, um, and so that's how like, yes, a lighthouse is stationary. I love that you pointed that out. It's completely true. And what that was originally making me think is that sometimes people feel like in order to proclaim everywhere, they have to go everywhere. Mm. That's, that's not even a little bit true. Mm. And, you know, my husband and I were having an interesting conversation this morning about how sometimes I feel like my ministry is stagnant and not growing, but I live in a tiny town. There's and only so, so many kids, right? You know, 25 kids is a fourth of my high school population. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. You know, like, <laughs> But I know that there are teenagers in that school that have not really heard Jesus, not just me. Like I said, I'm nothing special. I'm just allowing God to use me and trying to do my best not to screw it up. But like, I know that there are students in this town that have not heard the gospel. So there is work to be done. This lighthouse stationary in Pilot Rock is still necessary and effective. Like I don't have to go to Africa. I don't have to go. I feel super called to England. We'll see what God does with that. I don't have to go to England to proclaim everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, and sense? it does because it may be stationary. A lighthouse may be stationary, but the light comes Is not. out. Uh, I was thinking about it this morning. My kids love Toby Mac. I love Toby Mac. Um, And there's this song called Like a Match. And he says, if it's real, you've got to show it because if it's not, they're sure going to know it. Mm -hmm. And the paradigm shift for Walk Agape is that it starts with you. Before you are trying to draw anybody in, first of all, that's not your job. Like God does that. Um, you, You start abiding in Jesus. You start growing with the Lord and then you start growing with people. It's an inside out progression Mm -hmm. that then of course, like kind of like the cycle of grief is this messy intermixed, you know, back and forth cycle of growth. But you start with you, you get the planks out of your own eye, you get right and get in relationship, deep abiding relationship with Jesus and then with other people. And as you do that, both in and outside of our own little silos and traditions inside of Christianity, you're able, we are able to build this community of unity, common unity. Right. And it's that love for each other that should be our calling card. Yeah. That should be the light that shines. And that is so profound to me and also so tragic because Mm -hmm. at least in American Christianity, what I observe is that siloed us and them sort of mentality in the discord and disconnect between different factions, different denominations, different um, sections or or traditions, Mm -hmm. an us and them sort of almost battlefield and man, that doesn't attract anybody. <laughs> well, so here's, I'm going to say something a little bit radical, but I heard a pastor from Hawaii say, you know how we have like this, this progression of priorities, God first, then our spouse, then our kids, then our friends, you know, kind of like there's a progression, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. 
he's like, we've left somebody out. It should be God and then self and then spouse and then kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. And at first I bristled and I'm like, wait, what what is that? (laughs) But we've been learning so much in our Bible study we did and the Bible study we're writing Mm -hmm. about learning to love yourself. God made you on purpose. Mm -hmm. He made you in his image. He made you special. He died for you. So it's not, if you think about it and you don't have that tradition of putting yourself last in a lot of church cultures and you put yourself after you've established relationship and God is the head of your life, God is on the throne. You are not on the throne, mm-hmm. but then you're like, okay, I have to be the best me in order so that I can minister to these other relationships in my life. And we are in a society, you know, especially dealing with teenagers who are extremely selfish. And if you come right off the bat with this light that says, you suck, you don't come first, you need to change everything, you're a sinful, you know, terrible human, which I have heard preached from the street corners, Mm -hmm. you're a sinner, you're going to go to hell, you need Jesus, y'all, that's not loving, that's not going to win any hearts, that is a lighthouse that is like pointing people to the rocks, Mm. instead of away from them, Mm -hmm. and so I just, I want to I want to rock that boat a little bit and, and encourage you to go talk to God about where do I fit in? How do I take care of my relationship with you, Jesus, so that I can help others have the same experience? Because, you know, we are a selfish humanness <laughs> yeah. and, and we have to address that. And that has to be part of the formula like you said, it's a progression It's start, you know, I love the acrostic that we have, even though you hate them. <laughs> um, I know you do, but it makes it really clear. And it's kind of, it does kind of the same thing, a priority list in it sort of, it's a little bit cyclical. I completely agree with that, but you have to abide in Christ. You're part of that. Mm-hmm. He's abiding in you. Mm-hmm. You matter. You have to take care of you because if you're coming broken and messed up and angry and frustrated, and you're going to try and preach the love of Jesus to somebody, they're going to know it. They're going to know it. They're going to notice that you have not been changed. But if you come to them and you're like, I'm wrestling with this thing. I, I don't know how I'm getting through this without God. And you're like, yes, I'm still a mess, but I'm figuring it out. And thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his word. Thank God that he listens to my whining when I'm praying, you know, and if you, if you are just real with people, you know, our youth ministry is called real life youth ministries because it has to be real or it's not mm-hmm. going to go anywhere. Absolutely. It's going to fall flat and they're not going to listen to you. And like all of that effort is going to be for not. And then that's going to challenge your relationship to God. Yes. Trust me. Yes. Right. Well, and that's what I love about this idea of proclaim everywhere is it enables us to be authentic and to be vulnerable. I think so often we come to this. I don't know that it just enables us. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. It enables us. I think it shows us that that's required of us. Mm. Yep. In order to proclaim everywhere, the so that can't happen without that, that other piece. Yeah. You have to be in relationship. It has to be real because when we come to the table with all the answers and all of the ways we should believe all of the ways we should behave, Mm -hmm. it comes with shame. 
yep. and guilt and condemnation. And there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We bring that to the table. And that's the power of something like the elephant room where you have these pastors, leaders that are coming with their peers in front of people and saying, you know what? I don't have this figured out. And this is what I think. What do you think? And in respectful conversation and discourse mm -hmm. that to me, like proclaim everywhere is effortless at that point. Right. Once you've done the work of abiding, growing together, and being of one accord, I completely agree. After those things are established and being worked on, like sanctification, it's a process. Yep. Yep. We're going to keep, we are and are ongoing. Mm -hmm. Then I, I completely agree that at that point, proclaiming everywhere, you're just a lighthouse. You just shine at that point. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your influence goes across continents and oceans. It could mean that your influence goes across the street mm -hmm. or across the room. And that is just as valuable as going across an ocean. Absolutely. And that's what the world doesn't have. Right. If you are living with Jesus, in Jesus, and living in community, and growing together, and building unity, that in and of itself, that love for one another, is the light that shines, and that is so different from our modern world. Well, there's, there's a hymn about this, right? Which one? And they'll know we are Christians, Christians by our love. By our love. It doesn't mean you have to be the best public speaker. It doesn't mean that you have to wear a skirt or not wear a skirt. It doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean anything except that you model the love of Christ. That's all yes. it means. Yep. And, and, and even that, even that, because if we're modeling the love of Christ, we're modeling his love for us while we were yet sinners. So mm -hmm. if you're having a bad day, it doesn't mean that you're failing to proclaim everywhere. It means that you're human. And approachable. And approachable. And yeah, like I, I personally have struggled with that narrative. And again, a lot of really beautiful, good things out of the holiness movement um, mm -hmm. and that call to holiness, be holy as I am holy. Again, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater by any, any sense, but yes. And, and if we are not vulnerable and not authentic, it becomes, a, as one artist put it, a stained glass masquerade. You mm. become unapproachable. The other thing that's coming to mind is the Psalms. I was reading um, uh, a post this morning about, and this is something I've always loved about the Psalms, is that there's no holding back in there. <laughs> Like here's real, David, <laughs> a God after God's, uh, a man after God's own heart, excuse me. And he was railing on God, like, where are you? Right. Why did you abandon me? Everything from why did you abandon me to crush the people I hate? It's like verbal vomit, right? Like yeah. these are his innermost ugh, that he is just giving to God. And he always comes back. I'll always. And. God chose that to be in his word. Mm -hmm. It's not an accident. It's not some man going, oh, might be a good idea to put this in there. This is God going, look, this is real. 
Your relationship with me is real. Life is messy. You're going to be angry. You're going to be sad. You're going to be happy. You're going to be glad. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we try and kind of like the elephant room, going back to that again, if we try to find the things that we have in common versus pointing out the things that we have that are different, seemingly at at odds, but probably not as at, as at odds as you might think at first, mm-hmm. then that's going to make, again, the proclaiming everywhere much more effortless. Uh, God, a, a lot of my friends call me super naive um, because I don't even see some of that stuff, the mess and the discord. I don't see it. Mm. I, I'm looking I don't know if it's just the way God knit me or I have rose colored glasses on. I don't care. It works for me. (laughs) But like, I am always looking for, oh, that person's probably having a bad day. Or you don't know that that woman could have just lost a child. And that's why she's acting like a crazy person. Mm -hmm. Of course she is. Or, you know, someone cuts you off on the street and you're like, well, Maybe they're just super distracted and they're all up in their head because something really bad happened to them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're mentally ill or, you know, so (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes I think that I'm just making excuses instead of dealing with hard things. But I think at the same time, Jesus is just like, it's simple. Mm -hmm. I'm really not that complicated. Mm -hmm. There's not hoops to jump through. Just believe in me and walk with me. Absolutely. Well, and that's really the core of the name walk agape Mm -hmm. is what the process the steps the acrostic what that describes is growing in agape Mm -hmm. and what you're describing is growing is is in my opinion maybe it's rose-colored glasses maybe i'm there with you um because that's i to me that's avoiding offense that's having compassion. Yeah. That's, that's rather than getting all like worked up about how I've been wronged, it's giving grace and mercy. And that's something that I actively strive for. And you're painting it as like, there's some flaw in you or someone has painted it somewhere. Yeah. That there's some I've gotten flaw. a lot of criticism for it in my life. Um, I've gone to some pretty conservative churches and people are like, no, you just got to call out their sin. I'm like, I don't know that it's sin and I'm not their judge and I don't want to be. God, no, right? That I do not want that responsibility on my shoulder. Thank so you. So I would rather err on the side of grace. And maybe it's someone else's job to err on the side of something else. Right. But like, that's not how God made me. And I'm not going to conform just because it makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. that I'm like, hey, you don't know. And that is the love that covers a multitude of sins. Like that's exactly. what you're describing <laughs> is as we, as we go through this whole process, we're learning to live out agape love on a personal level with God, on an individual interactive one-on-one level with other people and on a church congregation, other believers, even if we disagree on stuff, grander scale. And that is a, that's the example. Like that is, that is agape shining. And that is when that is God proclaimed because God is agape. Well, and one last thing I want to tag on to that is that if you're a person who's received that grace from someone else, 
who is living out, proclaiming everywhere, then you have been given the torch to proclaim even further. So proclaim everywhere isn't just one person proclaiming everywhere. Proclaiming everywhere is one person being set on fire, setting someone else on fire, setting someone else on fire. Hmm. One person sharing grace who teaches someone else to share grace, who teaches someone else to share grace. So that's where that lighthouse goes from only being able to reach the edge of the cliff to being able to go miles and miles and miles and miles. Mm -hmm. God is just so good. <laughs> he is. Coming up next are common unity questions. We're going to dig a little deeper and have a little fun. Be sure to stay tuned. Are you enjoying this podcast? We're looking for partners. Join us over on our Patreon page to learn more about how you can support this volunteer-only organization. We've got lots of really great projects on the horizon, but we need help to pull it off. Depending on your tier, patrons get early access to our podcasts, behind-the-scenes footage, bonus content, monthly video calls, and access to a patron-only Facebook group for even greater connection. If your heart is resonating with the mission of Wakagape, we want to know. We want to know you. We want to know your heart. We want to be partners. Come join us over at Patreon. www.patreon.com slash Wakagape. And now, our common unity questions. I love our common unity questions. I love that it adds levity to some of these conversations and sure. that it, it allows us to, to be authentic and to give you like a window into our heart a little bit. But at this point, we've answered the questions. Um, <laughs> and rather than make it weird, um, let's go back, Carrie, to this invitation that we are giving for people, listeners, participants, et cetera, to to come to the virtual table, to join our community, join our team. Um, and the way that we're doing this is Patreon. And for those of you that haven't come across or encountered Patreon before, it's an essentially an online subscription service where you are able to financially support a creative team of your choice. And there's, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people on there that are doing that. And it was a, it was a rough, decision for us to move this. So before you feel like this is like one big old pitch, <laughs> um, some of us have a hard time asking for money and asking for help. Um, but we felt pretty strongly that, well, we know, I mean, we've been in this for, I've been in walking this path for seven years. I think Carrie, you came in what? five four or five years ago five years ago um wow. yeah in that crazy town and we know that there are like-hearted people out there that god is drawing um and we we want to have a place where we can connect on a deeper level but it's authentic and you're willing to like kind of like I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is really mm -hmm. on, on a level. So it's not just lip service. It's not just like, Oh, I think this is really nice. Um, which is great too. Like <laughs> maybe I'll edit that part out. Um, I'm stalling out. Well, we want to just give people an opportunity to be included um, and to have more of an intimate um, 
interaction with the Wakagape team and mission. Um, in this space, we're, we are writing and have written um, a few Bible studies that are phenomenal. And um, so we have Bible studies, we have extra content and more conversation that we are planning to offer you. And basically any of the fees that we are collecting from Patreon are going to go toward furthering this mission and furthering um, some of the services we offer. Jessica has an amazing background in facilitated learning and we've run several summits and summits aren't put on for free. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the funds that we collect from Patreon will help us to continue to do that work, which is what got me involved in mm -hmm. Wakagape in the first place. I went to a summit. I'm like, I'm in. How do I, how do I do this? Well, and that's the ultimate, like when God called us out of it, like that's the ultimate goal is to get, I think it's you that said it, Carrie, belly to belly with people yeah. and, and go take it a step further from this online meeting place to let's come to your community right, and gather your people and right. your body of Christ across mm -hmm. denominations, across communities, maybe outside of denominations, everybody who loves Jesus. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about how we can, you can individually walk agape in your community because there is no cookie cutter. Correct. Everything is different. And I think that's one of the things we talked about a lot in this episode is that uh, following Jesus isn't, there's not a formula or a playbook. Mm. We, we have to do life with people. It's messy and you might make some wrong turns and some right turns and have some good plays and some bad plays. Um, but, you know, going forth and doing any kind of work requires some backup. And in this case, it's financial backup. And I'm not ashamed to say, hey, can you partner with us mm -hmm. to do that? Um, can you invest with us your heart, your prayers, and a couple dollars to help us continue to do this work? To pay mm -hmm. for, you know, websites aren't free and, nope. and equipment because technology demons aren't free. And, <laughs> and, you know, and just the creative content and the time it takes for us to do that. And um, this isn't to line our pockets or pay our car payment. This is to further the kingdom work that we have been felt, felt called to do. Um, so the, I look at this as a beautiful opportunity to just participate with Jesus and his followers to do good work and light up some more lighthouses. Yep. Well, and I love too that, that Patreon can be, and the way that we've, we've structured it at this point is if, and I love, I love the price points. I love that. I mean, we're talking, I think that the, the tiers are like three and seven and $12 a month. So yeah. um, it's, we wanted it to be something that was super accessible to whomever mm -hmm. um, on whatever level they felt comfortable. But when you get into that upper tier, there's also access to a private patron only Facebook group that we're going to be creating that will allow us to have even more in-depth conversations. Um, some of those, like we were talking about earlier, interactive town hall sort of online sessions. Our own elephant room, if you will. Exactly in a safer environment with like-hearted people because mm -hmm. internet trolls are everywhere. And so how, that's just one way, like there's, a, there's an interactive, it really is you joining the team. Um, I loved how you said that, Carrie, about support and asking for support. 
but we also are coming as we take a step into the next stage of where uh, God has has called us. We are coming to the end of our own abilities and capacity. And I truly believe like there are people out there that God is calling to this paradigm um, to that that we're going to need at the table. We're going to need team. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but um, I'm excited to find out. I know I, me I too. Mean, I truly believe, I mean, we've been prayerfully considering this for years mm-hmm. on how to open doors and reach out for whoever God calls to cooperate with us. And I, I I'm just really excited that Patreon's giving us an opportunity to do that, to just say, Hey, here's a space. What are your skills and what are your abilities? What are your passions and how can we partner with you? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be an amazing thing. It is. Well, thank you, Carrie, for your time, for coming today and giving up your morning and chatting with me. I always love these conversations. Um, and yeah, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the We Are Invincible podcast, a project of Wakagape. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Wakagape to join the community and get updates and encouragement throughout your week. Come back next week to meet another part of the extended family of God. We're real. We love Jesus. And you never know who's going to walk through the door. Thanks for joining us. We hope you come back to the table soon.